good Friday. It's Friday. It's a long weekend. Whatever you celebrate, enjoy celebrating. This is the show where we talk some sports, where we talk some sports entertainment. And then at the end, we bring it all together to chat some sports entertainment. We're your hosts, as always. I am Boris, and I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Whether you're, uh, you know, a hardcore religious person or just a moderately respectful agnostic like me, uh, and you'll be eating some ham and scalloped potatoes, uh, happy Easter to everybody out there. And, uh, man, lots to discuss on the BAM program today. That's right, Matt. Here on BAM, we're going to be chatting some NBA playoffs, some MLB kickoff, we're also going to be chatting the World Cup draw because Canada's in it. We got to talk about it, bro. And also yeah, on dog. the rest, <laughs> on the wrestling side, we're going to be chatting some New Japan Pro Wrestling, getting caught up on that, and then some Impact because Matt, they are still hitting at least singles. Sometimes with bunts, <laughs> sometimes it's a bunt, but they're getting on base. Just got to get that OBP up, Boris. Just got to get on base. I'm glad to hear that. I have not been watching Impact. I have been watching the New Japan Cup, and we're all caught up. And uh, it's already be, uh, been rendered useless, you could argue, as well. That's a debate that we'll get into in about 45 minutes. But yep. uh, before we begin, how's Haircut Boris today? Haircut Boris is doing fantastic. <laughs> Man, so earlier in the week, I was telling you that I like barely got any sleep last night. Took some aid. I took some nice. aid. And oh my God, I fell asleep at like three, woke up at 10. Man, I feel, I feel great. That's good. You got some rest at least. Like some, uh, what'd you take? Frying pan to the face? What was Pretty the much. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough, man. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, I'm glad to hear it, man. Yeah. You got some sleep. Yeah. I, I just got back to Toronto last night uh, around 11 midnight ish. And uh, yeah, I instantly did not sleep as well in my own bed as I did in my uh, old bedroom back home. You know, that that old bed just hits different. It's so quiet up in the country, too. You know, it's just like there's so much noise and confusion. Wait, and there's not a it, bus rolling through in front of your house every 20 minutes. There certainly is not, my friend, uh, back home up north in a small, unnamed location an hour north of even Sudbury, Ontario, where the moose don't even tread. Actually, there are a fair share of moose. I saw a deer walking around, just chilling, just walking around the town. It was like, yeah. oh, God, I love it so, here. So when you're up there, you sleep in your childhood bedroom? Uh, actually, no, not really, because we've moved to a different house in the same small right. town. Right. So right, right. I, I, a facsimile, it's got a lot of my old wrestling magazines in it just because oh, there was, was nowhere else if, to put them. I was going to ask if all Jonathan, I was going to ask if all of your Jonathan Taylor Thomas, your JTT posters <laughs> are still up on the wall. <laughs> no, the JTT posters didn't make it, but yeah, the wrestling all, magazines did. <laughs> but yeah, Jesus fucking Christ Over age and we... condensation I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> Can we show some decorum here on the BAM podcast For one second bars Oh my lord in heaven But uh <laughs> But yeah so I, I What I was getting at is I've given away all the action figures Most of the memorabilia The only thing I kept was the wrestling magazines I actually think I'm sitting on a little bit of a fortune I have a hell of a wrestling magazine collection And uh, I might need to cash in on that one day buddy yeah, yeah, man. I, I know there's a lot of collectors always looking. If I see stuff, I'll send it your way because you might have what people are looking for. But man, no, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. Like I've whoa, I just like 
punched the mic out of my face. Um, <laughs> it's one of those days. Uh, but yeah, no. So like, I we moved so much when I was younger. So it's like I've never really, I've never had that attachment to a room or to even like things, right? Like almost everything that I had as a child was lost over moves. Um, there was a dispute with family at one point. So a truck went missing at one point oh. in my life during the move. Long story. Oh, no. uh, right. <laughs> um, and then, you know, now that even as an adult, like I moved out when I was 17 and I didn't really collect too much because I did a lot of moves, you know, from until I graduated university and all that fun stuff. And even then, as an adult, just a few years ago, I had that uh, the flood in, in my current place and I oh, lost yeah. just about everything. So I'm like, you know, basically living five years at a time. That That's kind of how that's kind of how I roll. That's cool, though, man. That's kind of zen in a way, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like a Buddhist Boris, you know? Don't let uh, possessions uh, dictate your life. Yep, exactly. But, yeah, no, man. So, yeah, so this week's been 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 a fun week. You know, wrestling-wise, it's been crazy. Uh, following, obviously, the, the story of Otani's neck injury, which was uh, huge. Um, you know, it was a really shit way to wake up on Sunday. And, uh, you know, I'm wishing for nothing but the best in that entire situation. As far as we know, you know, he's had a, a another surgery, transported to another hospital. Um, and he has, you know, still doesn't have movement, uh, you know, of his arms and his legs. So really hoping for the best, you know, and, and, and we'll see where that goes. But I'm sure that Mike's going to be chatting with Dave Meltzer about that on Sunday on the flagship show. Yeah, all the best wishes to uh, Shinjiro Otani. Obviously, his health is most important, but uh, yeah, don't don't forget that this guy is one of the greatest, most underrated wrestlers of the 90s, for sure. And yeah, uh, yeah you can't tell the story of the cruiserweight division without Shinjiro Otani. He's, uh, though he didn't last very long in the States, he made an indelible impact, and he's been wrestling for, what, three decades uh, in Japan? So yeah, all-time legend in the business. Hope he is okay. Hope he heals up. Yeah, exactly, man. It's just been a crazy, crazy week, kind of quiet as well, and then that's that's been a little fun. Um, but yeah, I think sports wise, we've been a lot busier to say the least. And before we get into sports, man, um, what was I? There was something funny I was gonna say, but I, I actually completely forgot what it was gonna be. So it really doesn't matter at this point. Do you have anything <laughs> going on in your life? Uh, well, I got a new gig, so I, I used to, uh, well, I still do write articles from time to time for Operation Sports, and then that became a YouTube thing, and then in the last month or so, uh, Operation Sports has decided to uh, to branch off of YouTube and to try to take over the TikTok world, Boris, so I am now a uh, professional, professional wrestling TikToker, and I make TikTok videos every day, today in WWE history, usually, sometimes I'll go today in wrestling history and do like an ecw show or something but by and large it's going to be today in wwe history every single day on the tiktok account operation lariat until i uh run out of ideas or they stop paying me so yeah. get some <laughs> yeah and 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 you know we, we've been chatting about it and i think we're leaning towards opening up an s enemy tiktok and i think you know the way that i kind of want to use the tiktok and the youtube is is some behind the scenes stuff like one of the ideas that i've been tossing around in my head is kind of like a a making of mini documentary right like making of the flagship show a making of the podcast and kind of what we go through to get from watching the show to whatever right well, that's kind of fun. I like that idea. Yeah, it's uh, 
yeah, man, it's definitely uh, an interesting platform. You know, it seems like you got to keep the videos the shorter, the better. Like every video that I have that's around a minute isn't doing as well as the videos that I have that are around 30 seconds. And yeah, I don't know. Just, yeah, it's very interesting. It's always fun to try to uh, try to figure out a new social media platform, you know? Yep. We're also going to try to embrace Twitch in the future. There's a lot of stuff that we're kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of cooking on. Um, you just, and- uh, you buddy, you just tell me the time and place and I will whip that ass at WWE 2K22. Oh, oh, I'm so glad you finished. <laughs> that sentence <laughs> <laughs> all right you know i'm in a good We're mood when a good start. you know i'm yeah, in a good geez. mood when whatever that's that's yeah. <laughs> uh, people know what they're getting on bam at this point <laughs> uh, i hope so uh, anyway do you want to uh, immediately move off of this and onto sports not at all but <laughs> we will in the interest of our listeners sanity and kind of our sanity as well all right let's move on to sports man so we should talk some nba playoffs it is playoff season uh nba playoffs i love the nba playoffs like it's kind of similar to the nhl where the intensity the the comp- the, 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 the just the competitiveness the everything about the nba playoffs goes like tenfold as opposed to the regular season and i just love it like every shot counts every block matters every pass is important it's crazy that's really why i love the nba and the nba playoffs and to top it all off it is full fans all fans are there and fans especially in the nba playoffs just add that you know as the french say i don't know what yeah, man. Yeah, it's as a Raptors fan, pretty exciting. We have an extra. I don't know what because we uh we have the advantage. Uh, it's a little dirty, but also we had a disadvantage for the last two years. So I'll accept it of unvaccinated players not being able to play in Canada. So you know, kind of again, a, a, a dirty win, but we'll take it. I think it's going to lead to us beating Philadelphia around one. But yeah, I was going to say, let's quickly go through. Uh, the playoff matchups here with the knowledge that we are recording Friday afternoon before the final play-in game. Although I don't think either one of us is going to take the play-in team over the Suns or the Heat anyway. Not at all. Not at Hold on. Before we go there, can we take a step back? I yes. need to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. The, the Tims? Go. <laughs> yeah. That on. celebration. That celebration mm-hmm. was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in all of sports. Nice. I'm glad you're going that way. I thought you were going to go full get off my lawn. No, dude. This is a team that has literally made the playoff twice since 2004. This is a team yeah. that has had first round draft picks, made huge trades, tried so much. They had some goats. They had some great players. They kept failing and failing and failing and failing. And then they beat the Clippers. They beat the Clippers. And what a beautiful team to beat for the person who's probably getting the most heat out of all of this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it sucks for Paul George, for sure. Sucks for uh, sucks for the L.A. Clippers faithful. Fuck L.A. That- Clippers. I've been saying it since the 80s. The wannabe L.A. team. Wannabes. Yeah. 
Move back to San Diego where you belong. No, I have no, I have no strong feelings against the Clippers. Although, as a Raptors fan, I do get a little uh, Kawhi Schadenfreude. You know what I mean? Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of of dark joy out of seeing Kawhi fail. Because if he had stayed, we might have won three in a row. Neither here nor there, Boris. Let's get into these playoffs. So the Suns are the one seed in the West. They will play the winner of Pelicans versus Clippers. Uh, this evening, you got to think the Suns are going to win that series. Yep, agreed. All right, 4-5 in the West is interesting. The injured Luka Doncic, the banged up, perhaps is a more appropriate term. Luka Doncic, we don't know if he's playing game one yet. We don't know what the deal is, how healthy he will be. So Mavericks 4-seed versus Jazz 5-seed. What are you thinking? That's a hard one. Both teams are good, but I'm going to have to go with the Jazz. Yeah, I think the uh, the health of Luka Doncic is going to be the, uh, the factor there. I think the Jazz will win a hard-fought series. And again, it doesn't matter who comes out of that series because I think Phoenix smokes them too. So let's just put Phoenix directly into the West final right now. I think they probably will beat the Clippers in four. They'd beat the Pelicans in four or five. And I think without Luka Doncic, they would easily sweep the Mavericks. And uh, with a full Jazz team, Suns beat them in six or seven. Yep, exactly. Exactly. All right. All right, so the Warriors versus the Denver Nikola Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Warriors, honestly, the Warriors are here to prove something. They're here to prove something yes. this year. Uh, I'm going to say it right now. Warriors in the finals. Warriors in the finals. So there we go. So obviously you have the Warriors beating probably the Grizzles. We have the 2-7 matchup. The Grizzlies at the second seed. What a great season for Memphis versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. You boys in the seventh seed. Yeah. Um, man, that's going to be a uh, yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting matchup overall. Yeah, it's going to be a hard-fought series. I do think Minnesota will hang tough. Grizzlies win it. Let's give them six games. Minnesota's yeah. on a high. So yep. uh, I think Warriors, I do think the Grizzlies are going to give the Warriors some fits, man. And John Morant is going to have an incredible series. He's going to come out firing, showing these guys that he is the Steph Curry. He is the next one. But at, at the end of the day, I do think the Warriors, with their coaching, with those three horses, if Clay Thompson can stay healthy like he has been, he's been improving, I think the Warriors, are going to make the West final. They will beat the Grizzlies. Yeah, agreed. I'm, I'm sticking, right. sticking, with, sticking with your idea here. All right, so you're taking the Warriors all the way to the finals over yep. the over these Suns? Yep, I am. I am. I think yeah. that when it comes push to shove, the Suns, as good as they are, the Warriors experience, the Warriors um, kind of like that need to prove something, especially after the horrific season they had last season. I think that, yeah, yeah, you can't not bet on the Warriors. You can't not bet that, you know, playoff Curry is going to show up. That's a great point, man. I just think, oh, man, Chris Paul is so great. It's going to happen one of these years. And for some reason, and I might be proven to be a fool on this because Chris Paul has his own uh, dotted, uh, you know, tragic in many ways injury history. He has a bad injury history, but I think Chris Paul, I trust him more to stay healthy than any one of the three warrior stars. You know what I mean? And at this moment, like uh, if they lose Chris Paul, it's a very different story, but I like the Suns team more than the Warriors. So I think I'm taking the Suns in the finals, buddy. Interesting. Interesting. You know what? We'll see. We'll see. Yes, sir. I think that regardless you know, whether it be the Suns or the Warriors, man, it's just going to be such a strong team in the West. 
Yeah, guaranteed. Both of those two teams are sick. Um, okay, quickly, let's do the East. So the Heat are probably going to beat either the Cavs or the Trey Young Hawks. I would take the Heat in like five or six over either of those teams. Yeah, 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 I agree. Either of those two teams. <clears throat> number four seed Philadelphia versus the number five seed Toronto Raptors. Philly cannot play Matthias Tybull in Toronto. James Harden, a terrible terrible playoff history he's going to really need to change the narrative Embiid can't do it all himself although the Raptors don't really have too much size to throw at Embiid so maybe he can for one round maybe Embiid can do it all by himself Boris what what's happening who you got who this one's a tough one honestly this is a tough one you know, I'm not going to shack or anti-shack this one I'm not going to take such a stupid take because both teams are so good here's the thing Philly has a lot to prove, right? They, and they, this is still the fuck you Ben Simmons tour. Um, so I think that at the end of the day, I'm going to have to go with the Raptors in seven. Oof. I'm going, I'll do you one better, buddy. Raptors in six. Let's fucking go. Winning it at home. Can you tell this is a Toronto-based podcast? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then uh, I think we're going to see in the one versus five matchup, I think Daddy Lowry is going to uh, pat the Raptors on the head and send them home with uh, with cookies and milk, you know. But I think the, the Heat will win a hard-fought battle over the Raptors in seven games to make the Eastern final. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think that... The Heat, in my opinion, are the team that's going to take the East. They're too freaking good. Here's the thing, Matt. Like, you know, I think that it should be noted that there seems to be, and I don't know whether this is a internal struggle or just when you have a bunch of competitive guys, you know, uh, attitudes and 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 there are going to be infights, right? There have been yeah. some heat between heat. Ah, you see how I did oh, that? Oh yeah, they didn't even do yes, it. There is. There's some heat. <laughs> there is some the Miami heat. There is some Miami heat, big homie. Yeah, man. And honestly, you know what the the common denominator with the heat might be is Jimmy Butler because everywhere that guy goes, he leaves a fucking tornado. So maybe that. just maybe. Yeah, they've been saying that a lot, especially in, in you know, here in Canada. Like I gotta say, you know, as much as I love TSN and and and, and Sportsnet, we cover way too much of the sports that Canadians like. Uh, rightfully so, right? So there isn't as much NBA coverage, NFL coverage. So that's why, you know, with, with certain means, especially in the morning, I tend to watch ESPN. And yeah, th- that's exactly one of the one of the most the biggest takes is can the Heat no. survive without fighting each other? Can they coexist? Are they a <laughs> WWF tag team? Oh, it always comes back to wrestling. <laughs> All right. So, Boris, okay, so for the Philly-Toronto series, that's not a pick for Toronto. That's a pick against Philly, straight up. I don't I don't like what James Harden has shown me, and I think that the Raptors are going to win because Philly's going to beat themselves. Uh, the Heat, they will beat the Raptors because the Raptors are a young team. The Raptors aren't going to make the conference finals yet. And the Heat will will outlast their first two opponents. But yeah. I don't like them to make the to make the final for the reasons that we just outlined. So Bucks are going to sweep the Bulls, in my opinion. God bless Chicago fans. Your team does not play well against good teams. The Bucks are going to crank you. Yep. Here's and where it gets interesting. You know what? And, and, okay. and I, I, we're, I, I'm even doing this right now. The Bucks are the Bucks. The reigning defending, oh, yeah. right? Like we have to remember yeah. that. Give some respect to the Bucks. 
Call them Buck Lesnar, reigning, <laughs> defending. Anyway, uh, here's here's an interesting uh, little series for you, homie. The two-seed Boston Celtics overperforming against the seven-seed Brooklyn Nets underperforming, but KD, uh, Kyrie dialed in. Ben yep. Simmons perhaps could play as soon as game four of this series. Boris, who you got? Man, I want to be controversial and say that the Celtics are going to win it, even though, like, what's what's the controversial? What's the hot take here, right? Like, nah, who it's is interesting. the underdog? It is interesting. Right? Well, the like, underdog actually are the Celtics in terms of NBA title odds. The Nets are third overall. The yeah. Suns plus 250, Milwaukee plus 500, Brooklyn plus 650. Damn. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm going to have to say the Nets. Like, naming names. I think so like, too, those buddy. Are, they, they, they're just too good on paper. On paper. Yeah, well, the, yes, yes. The argument is that on paper, Boston does have statistically an incredible defense. And you could argue that, you know, defense wins championships, etc. But at the end of the day, I think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are two of the most God-gifted, talented basketball players ever put on earth. And if you put them both on the same team, that team is going to win a playoff series nine times out of ten. Just yep. well, period. So that brings us to the second round in the East where we both have Bucks versus Nets. Boris, here's my hot take. This is the NBA final. The winner of this series, the second round Bucks Nets series, will win the NBA championship this season. Mm, that's an interesting take. I can see that for sure. I can for sure see that. Um, Bucks versus Nets. Bucks versus Nets. I'm gonna have to give this one to the Bucks. Interesting. I'm going. When I said it in our in our midseason preview, I'm going Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they win the title, and we all learn the wrong lessons from this yep. year, Boris. Yep. <laughs> so, so then you would have Bucks versus Heat. Who you got there? You know, I, I got the Heat. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm saying Heat, yeah. Golden State Finals. Heat, Golden State Finals. So you have not wavered. I have not wavered on my Nets or uh, yeah, my Nets versus uh, Suns final. And I got Kevin Durant winning the title. Who you got winning the title? Steph Curry, baby. Yeah, eh? the Warriors. Bang, bang. I am the Warrior. I like you where your know, head's at there. You know that this is a legit pick when a Lakers fan is giving it <laughs> to the Warriors. Yeah, to uh, to the actual best team in California. Shut the, the fuck State. up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right, good segment. I'm glad we ended it on that note. Go Nets. Uh, I can't believe I'm cheering for Kyrie Irving. But I can't believe I actually, that also. Sure I love am. that. I love that so much. I'm never, I love the fact that this is going to live on the internet forever. Yeah, yeah, they could get absolutely demolished by Boston, and this would be a terrible look for me. But hey, they're third in playoff odds. There are a lot of people picking Brooklyn. Yep, exactly. All right, so that is the NBA. He's saying the Nets. I'm saying the Golden State Warriors. We'll see exactly what happens. Dude, baseball is back. Baseball is back. Oh, and it's what a You know what? This season has been weird. Let's remember, it's been a very short spring training. So some teams pitching, <coughs> Jays, might not be up to par. Some teams batting, I don't know, I can't name many because uh, I haven't watched too much outside of the Jays and the Dodgers, might not be the best. What I'm trying to say is that it's going to take a few weeks for us to get a really good look at what the MLB actually looks like. But if it's, you know, we're a weekend, 
And it's been a hell of a week. We've seen fights. We've seen uh, managerial controversial calls. Because I'm going to say this right now. You know what I think about Roberts and the Dodgers. You know I already hate him. You know I already don't like him. He needs to lay off the stats and just let the man pitch. So, yeah, so what we are referring to is uh, Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game, the rarest of the rare. I believe the number is 23. Maybe it's maybe it's slightly more now, but there's a very small number of perfect games in the history of Major League Baseball. And Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game going through seven innings, and they pulled him. 80 pitches. Look, I understand both sides, or the, the other side. I'm... Give the man, there's been 23 perfect games. You're correct. It is still 23. There have only been 23 perfect games in the history of the MLB 100 plus years. Dude, 23. 23. Yeah, man. And he gets pulled. I understand. Like, that that to me, this is the rarest of the things. You want eyes. You want asses and seats. This is what you do. You let the man pitch. On the flip side, Kayleigh Kershaw isn't a spring chicken. You know, Clayton Kershaw, and I've been very adamant about letting them, giving the man some rest. He often overpitches himself, injures himself in the playoffs, and then come playoff time, he's useless to the Dodgers, or like last season, he's gone from the playoffs. So I understand that side. He's not a spring chicken. He's injury prone. He hasn't pitched in a really long time. He pitched one simulated game before his start earlier this week. One simulated game. You know, yeah, so I man. understand that. But you can't deny the man a place in history. It's yeah, it's it's tough. But he seemed to be okay with no. it himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. PR Kershaw says, you know, <laughs> PR Kershaw says, oh, yeah, okay. it's all for the team. I want to yeah, know what okay. he actually thinks. Fair, fair enough. Uh, uh, fair enough, man. Yeah, I can't argue that. I uh, I think, yeah, the fun has been sapped out of baseball. But also, at the same time, maybe he asked to come out. Maybe he was hurt. And we don't. We, we do don't not actually know. But, yep. yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. The fun has been absolutely sapped out of baseball. And Dave Roberts sucks. <laughs> oh, Dave Roberts is honestly the worst. One of the worst managers. Like, honestly, the, the, the Dodgers in 2021, despite Dave Roberts. Yes, I, 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 your take on that is clear, and I, I think you've won me over to that side, buddy. But like yeah, the, Jays, man, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Like, what was it, four for five with three jacks and a double the other night? Ooh. Guy is sick, and then he, then he struck out a, a thousand times the, the, the next night. But it's okay, you, you know, it's baseball. Uh, we'll get him next day. And uh, man, these, uh, once these Jays get a little bit of pitching, like you said, we're gonna be we're gonna be enjoying some high quality baseball in Toronto. All right, you know we love our sports betting and odds here on Bam. So do you want to go through some projections and some uh, some uh, some some bets, some odds? I actually I don't have any uh, baseball odds. If you got them, Boris, hit of me course. with. Them. What, 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 what do you think I do here? You think I'm just a pretty face and a pretty voice? <laughs> you think I'm just uh, just here to like entertain you? <laughs> what am I here to fucking amuse you? <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's, I'm in one of those moods and I love it. All right, so American League projections. 
This one is coming from Fangraphs Zips. So this one is... Like Fangraphs. Yeah, exactly. It's widely shared. All right, let's take a look at the National League projections. The NL East, the Braves are projected to take that with 90 wins and 72 losses. The Mets are in second with 88 wins, 74 losses. The Phillies are in third at 83 and 79. The Marlins are in fourth at 82 and 80. And the Lonely Nationals are the spoon. The wooden will win the wooden spoon award in the NL East at 76 and 86. Personally, I like the Mets, I got to say, in that division, although the Braves have a very good team, too. But yeah, the Mets on paper, I think, are just phenomenal. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of injuries right now in Metland. True. All right. Uh, let's take a look at the Central. The Cardinals at 88 and 74. The Brewers at 87 and 75. The Cubbies at 77 and 85. The Reds, Cincinnati Reds at 74 and 88. And the Pittsburgh Pirates at 80, 68 and 94. Uh, down year for the NL Central. And uh, I, yet another down year for the Pittsburgh Pirates. When are they going to get good? 2029? Uh, when Tampa Bay wins the World Series. No, oh, geez. Never. <laughs> no, absolutely never. All right. Uh, so yeah, what do you Cardinals. think of the Central? Cardinals there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think those projections are pretty bang on. Like three of the teams aren't really going to have a chance to contend. I like the Cardinals more than the Brewers, but only slightly. Yep. All right. And then my favorite NL West, the Dodgers are projected to take it. The Los Angeles Dodgers, that is at 93 and 69. Noise. Uh, the San Diego Padres, 89 and 73. The San Francisco Giants at 85 and 77. The D backs at 71 and 91. And the Colorado Rockies at 70 and 92. Yeah, yeah that seems about right to me. Although, if San Diego did pop off and win like 105 games, it wouldn't shock anybody. San no. Diego is a really good team on paper. Yep. Uh, it re- you know, here's the thing it comes down to how fast. Fernando Tatis can heal. Yes. All right. uh, lots of injuries uh, to start the MLB season for sure. Are we shocked, right? Like, let's be honest. We knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, like you said, the rushed spring training, lack of training camps for sure, man. All right. American League projections. The AL, we'll, we'll leave the East for last because of the Toronto sure. Blue Jays. Let's go with the Central. White Sox, the Chicago White Sox, 88 and 74. Uh, the Minnesota Twins at 83 and 79. The Cleveland Guardians. Cleveland Gross. Guardians at 78 and 84. The Detroit Tigers at 73 and 89. And the Kansas City Royals at 70 and 92. I'm glad they uh, changed the name, but Guardians was a terrible call. Uh, I, I kind of like the Tigers coming into this year. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't shock me to see the Tigers kind of sneak around 500. But yeah, at the end of the day, Chicago's got one of the best young teams, the White Sox in all of baseball. I love the White Sox squad. Yeah, I was actually talking with Jason Agnew earlier about this because I was making fun of the Guardians name and so was he. And then he kind of he was listening to a podcast and where they explained the historical reasons for the Guardian name. So it, like, it is a legit name for Cleveland, but that doesn't make it good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 there's something to do with the architecture or something. I read it. Yeah. I remember reading Having it once and forgetting that, all about it. Dude, our basketball team is named the Toronto Raptors. It's <laughs> a really good point. Objectively terrible. Who are we to judge? A.O. West, the Astros, 90 and 72. The Seattle Mariners, 85 and 77. The California Angels at 81 and 81. <laughs> the Texas Rangers at 77 and 85. And the Oakland Athletics at 68 and 94. 
I hope this is the year the Angels break through and win it. I hope Otani goes to the playoffs. I hope Mike Trout goes to the playoffs. Well, we've been saying that forever. Oh, you've been saying that forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the American League East. Toronto Blue Jays are projected to take it with 88 and 70, being at 88 and 74. New York Yankees at 88 and 74. The Red Sox at 88 and 74. The Rays at 88 and 74. And the Orioles at what? 64 and 98. Yes. Is How real? crazy is that when you take a look at the records for the AL East? That is that is absolutely crazy. That is insane. Definitely four of these teams are top level baseball teams. Uh, man, <laughs> that's that's hilarious. I think obviously that's not going to be the case, but man, we were pretty close last year. Yep, that's the thing. We were at 91 wins. We were out by one win. One win. One win. And it's crazy in a, in a sport where you have 162 games every effing win actually mattered <laughs> how many blown games did we have last year like that's the part that kills my soul yeah man yeah and that's it we've already seen some uh some pitching woes this year so hopefully that gets sorted out real fast yep all right so let's quickly look through the al east um mg bet mgm odds We'll only focus on the AL East and the NL West, but we're looking at the bet MGM numbers so you can take a look at every other division. Uh, there's the bias reason why I want to take a look at those. So let's start with the NL West. Um, the Dodgers are minus 225 to take it. The Padres are plus 325. The Giants are plus 550. The Rockies are plus 8,000. And the D-backs are plus 10,000. Little Betsky on the Padres, I think, is definitely the move there. Yep, exactly. All right, and then the AL East, the Jays at plus 180, the Yankees at plus 230, the Rays at plus 240, the Red Sox are at plus 600, and the Lonely Orioles uh, at plus 15,000. Damn it, I hate that this is about to come out of my mouth, but the clear best value there is to bet the Red Sox. Gross, gross, gross. I need a shower. Gross. Go Blue Jays. Yep, all right, let's take a look at the Cy Young odds for the American League. Uh, number one is Garrett Cole at plus 425. Um, Jose Barrios is at plus 2,000. Um, what's, uh, yeah, uh, Robbie Ray, last year's Toronto J MV, uh, Cy Young was plus, he's at plus 1,200 right now. Interesting. Kevin yeah, Dousman so is at plus 2,000. Oh, I like to I like to see that. Yeah, sometimes uh, a candidate will emerge from the bushes, but I, I, Gary Cole seems to be a, a clear favorite for a good reason. Yep. All right. The NL is a lot more interesting because it seems like you know only a handful of teams are re reflected on this. Max Scherzer is the odds-on favorite to win the Cy Young for the New York Mets at plus six hundred. Uh, you have Jacob Degrom also from the Mets at plus twelve hundred. From the Brewers, uh, you have Corbin Burns at plus eight hundred and Brandon Woodruff at plus twelve hundred. You have Walker Bueller from the Dodgers at plus nine hundred. You know who's not even on the list? Who's that? Clayton Kershaw. Uh, I, I can see that he's, uh, you know, the health is a big concern. I like Walker Bueller at plus 900. That's a nice bet. Yep. MVP odds. Let's take a look at the National League first. Um, right now, odds on favorite to take the 
MVP is Juan Soto at plus 300. Number two is uh, Acuna Jr. from the Atlanta Braves at plus 700. Bryce Harper always in the mix at plus 1,000. And then Mookie Betts at plus 1,000 to round off the top four. Mookie. I like Mookie at plus a thousand for sure. Soto, I don't know about. He Soto is sick, but well, you know, Washington's not gonna be very good. We'll see. Yep. All right. The MVP uh MVP odds for the American League. Shoei Atani, he's they're betting on him to two Pete at plus three fifty. Mike Trout uh from the California Angels at plus four fifty. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at plus five hundred at number three, and to round out the top Boom. four. Aaron Judge at plus 2,000. Large bet on Vladito, please. Plakata me home. Yep. And the last group that we're going to look at is the 2022 World Series winner. As a fan of both of these teams, this is my dream World Series. Number one is the Los Angeles Dodgers at plus 500. Number two, the Toronto Blue Jays at plus 900. That would be a really fun World Series, Jays, Dodgers, for sure, for sure. We hope we hope to see it. Uh, Toronto needs pitching, but on paper, they got it. They got that pitching. Yep, exactly. So that's the MLB season in a nutshell. The biggest news outside of everything else is that at the Skydome, you can now get some Mary Brown's chicken. <laughs> yeah, and all kinds of craft beers, too. Henderson's Brewery and such, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, it'll be nice to go check out some games this year yeah, i cannot we go. wait we gotta go yeah gotta go sometime absolutely for sure all right one last thing before we move on to the sports entertainment portion of this show and then we're going to focus a little on the 2022 fifa world cup in qatar it is not a summer world cup because it is way too hot in the desert to play some footy so this year's world cup is going to happen in november and matt i know what i'm doing the day before my birthday what's that big homie Oh, come on, you gotta be faster when I like lob these like like setups for you, bro. <laughs> um, November twenty third is Canada's first game in the World Cup. I'm I'm ready. I'm so excited. Day before my birthday, so I have a feeling, a very strong feeling in the force that that game is going to be the last thing I remember for a couple days. <laughs> that's funny first of all you spiked that fucking setup directly into the dirt six feet in front of my feet anyway uh go canada let's talk some world cup all right we're gonna go through each group we're gonna give who we think is gonna move on to the next round but we're gonna do a actual full preview closer to the world cup but the draw did happen on april 1st and we want to chat mainly because well you know what canada's in the world cup canada is in the world cup canada is in the world cup i can't believe i'm actually saying that matt so so crazy so nice this brave new world that we live in but yeah let's get into it homie all right group a is headlined by the home country Qatar, then you have Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. Who do you think is going to move on? Top two move on. Netherlands is definitely going to win this group. Uh, I'm liking Senegal over Ecuador. What do you think? Ah, man. You know what? Those African teams, I'm telling you, they're they're getting better and better. Yeah, absolutely. And there's always one or two that go on a little bit of a run. So, yeah, let's go Senegal and the Netherlands. All right. So, this is... A very contested FIFA World Cup. There was a lot of controversy. And uh, I'm going to have to say Netherlands and Qatar. 
Oof, oof. Yeah. The, uh, the referees will definitely be in the pocket, for yep, sure. For sure. So that's Group A. Group B is a very interesting group because is it going to be 1776? The, uh, the, the, you know, the, the part two, the electric boogaloo, because we're seeing England, Iran, the United States, and the UEFA Path A winners, which consists of, this is a fun one, it's going to be either, uh, let's take a look at this, it's going to be Scotland and Ukraine still need to play, the winner of Scotland and Ukraine on June 1st on is facing Wales on June 5th. Yes, and the winner of that is the fourth team in this World Cup. So yeah. the semifinal, Scotland versus Ukraine. Winner plays Wales. Winner of Scotland, Ukraine, or Wales gets in to this path here yep. uh, of the World Cup. So, um, hmm. do you think do you think that either of those three teams have a chance to sneak into the the second spot in this group? No, not at all. I'm gonna have to go <laughs> England and U.S. That's my clear, obvious choice. Oh, uh, let's go England and Ukraine, you know, cheering. Who's not cheering for Ukraine? But uh, I realistically, I think you're probably right. Yeah. All right. Group C is Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Uh, it seems to me with Lewandowski, like, aging, that Argentina, Mexico is probably the look here. Although Poland might crank Mexico. Who knows? Exactly. This is a tough one because there's three like very good teams here. Uh, Mexico, it depends what Mexico is going to show up, right? If it's the Mexico that showed up in, during CONCACAF qualifying, oof, oof. We'll see. that it, It'll be Argentina-Poland, but I'm going to have to say Poland and Mexico. Really? Yes. Poland-Mexico? Poland-Mexico. Oh. Yep. Interesting. No love for Argentina. Nope. Uh, group D is France, Denmark. Tunisia and the AFC Conan Bowl winners. And Matt, can you tell the listeners what this AFC Conan Bowl playoff looks like? Yes, yeah, so it's uh, the uh, AFC portion of it. United Arab Emirates are playing Australia in the AFC fourth round qualifier. The winner of that game, which is June 7th, United Arab Emirates versus Australia, will play Peru on June 13th. The winner of that game... Uh, between Peru and the AFC fourth round winner will make the World Cup. Yeah. All right. So here's here's my take. It's going to be France and that AFC Conan Bowl winner. Nice. So you're, uh, do you think it's going to be Australia or the United Arab Emirates? I think it'll be Australia. Yeah. France and Australia there. Eh? And the other two teams are Denmark and Tunisia. <laughs> I like it. I like it. France and the Aussies. Let's go. All right. Shout out Outback Jack. <laughs> group E is Spain, Germany, Japan, and the CONCACAF OFC winners, which comes down to Costa Rica or New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand, I think, are actually, um, that's a tough one. Let's go Costa Rica, and they're going to get destroyed. Spain and Germany romp out of this group. Sucks for Japan, too. Tough beat for Japan. I feel like they always get bad draws. Yeah, agreed. They do. That is Group E. Then here we go. Group F for you Canadians. It is Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. Group F for Canada could have been a lot worse, but this is, you know, there are three teams that could realistically move on. Croatia, Canada, Belgium. You know, Belgium, I like to call them frauds. They've been ranked number one for a while. They're not ranked number one anymore. What if they won to be ranked number one, right? They have generational players, fantastic. They're aging. So 
between Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia. Bro, I'm going to have to go Canada and Croatia. Canada and Croatia. I think it's definitely Canada and Belgium. And uh, our, our good pal, friend of the show, Paul York, uh, suggested to me that Canada will live and die by their first game. If Canada gets absolutely destroyed game one by Belgium, they're probably packing it in and they're probably not going to make any damage, make any noise in this year World Cup. And I do I do agree with that. So it's absolutely imperative that Canada plays Belgium hard, keeps that game close. I'm going Belgium and Canada in this one. Uh, Croatia can uh, suck it. <laughs> Love it. All right. Group G is Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. This is an interesting group. I can see all three of the non-Brazil teams moving on along with Brazil. Like flip a flip a coin, roll a three-sided triangle dice. Let's go with uh, let's go with Brazil and Switzerland. All right. I'm going to have to go with Brazil and Switzerland as well. I think you're onto something here. I think Cameroon might be Cameroon might be that that sneaky African team that moves on though. Uh, I can definitely see that Cameroon has had some really good players and some really good teams in the World Cup in the past. Yep, exactly. All right, and then we have Group H, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay and South Korea. I'm I'm looking at Portugal and Uruguay here, although Ghana might be that African team that goes on a run as well. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking Portugal, Uruguay. Yep, and we are on the same page. I'm going to have to say Uruguay and Portugal as well. Man, I'm so excited for this World Cup. Super interested to see what happens with Canada. And, you know, the U.S.-England is going to be another game that a lot of people are going to have some eyes on. Man, yeah. can't wait from here till November. Come on, Canada. Come on, Davies. Come on, everyone. Stay healthy. Yeah, let's hope. Yeah, it'll be fun to see the remaining qualifiers in June as well. All right, exactly. And then all the friendlies, you know, I'm I'm actually very interested to see who Canada picks as friendlies. Yeah, that's always it's always fun and hopefully they pick, you know, some some better teams. I want to see them get into form, you know. Exactly. All right, man. So that is the World Cup 2022 from here till November. Let's let's get it on and Right now, we're going to switch over to some professional wrestling. We're going to go overseas. We're going to hit Japan. We're going to be chanting the final, the, the end of the New Japan Cup. And then, you know, what the, 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 the aftermath of the New Japan Cup. And we'll kind of have some takes. But, Matt, yeah. it's all yours. Yeah, man. So, basically, we're going to talk about a quartet for different Great wrestling matches. I would rate them all at four and a quarter, uh, whatever, four and a quarter stars, whatever, 85% A matches. Not quite all-time classics, but absolutely great, like, you know, match of the year contender kind of wrestling here. So both of the semifinals and the finals of this tournament and the uh, resulting title shot, which has already occurred and, uh, <laughs> you know, ended uh, in a disappointing fashion, in my opinion, but that's fine. So the first match we're going to talk about, Shingo Takagi versus Zack Sabre Jr. from the semifinals of the New Japan Cup. Th these guys have incredible chemistry. They're becoming one of my favorite matchups in wrestling. Yeah, the only my only issue is that they're fighting too much in these tournaments. I agree with that. Yeah, it's almost it's it's no longer special because it happens a lot. But at the same time, it's always good. So I, I'm OK with it. You, you know, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not complaining. Right. I just don't want that 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 chemistry, that specialness to, to, to just fade away because they've been facing each other so much that that's my one point. Having said that, 
this match, oh man, I like we can do a whole episode just ranking Zack Saber Jr. versus Shingo Takagi matches. Uh, that's really funny, man. And yeah, maybe we're off on this because it was maybe it was like another classic that they've had. But I do think of all their matches, this was probably my least favorite just because it, it felt like we'd seen it already, you know? Yeah. Yep, exactly. But it was still good nonetheless. Yeah, a million percent, though, man. It was absolutely worth your time. Only not only 19 minutes and 24 seconds, which for a New Japan match, honestly, is is nice and short and digestible. Yep, exactly. That's my one thing about New Japan matches. Sometimes they go too long and they don't need to per se. Yes, I agree. So if we had to rank these four matches, I would actually put this one fourth, but I would still recommend you go watch it. Um, the match that I would rank third, it's funny, we're doing this in chronological order, and I actually think that's the order that I would rank them as well. Uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito, the main event of the New Japan Cup semifinal. Naito beats Okada, setting up future title matches. Yep, exactly. You know, I'm a sucker for Naito. I'm a huge mark for Naito. Always have been, always will be. Love seeing him finally get that respect he deserves. Not that he doesn't get it, right? But I feel like anytime he he's on like brinking the main event scene, something happens, right? Um, yeah. So this match was very good. Okada and Naito are have great chemistry, and I can't wait what's to come. Uh, yeah. I mean, like if we're gonna if we're gonna criticize. New Japan for running Sabre Jr. versus Shingo so much. We gotta be fair and say that they were have ran Okada versus Naito a dozen times well, or more. That this is gonna be well, you know, when we wrap up the four matches, that is well, something I want to talk about. We've uh, talked about yeah. it on this show, so we'll put a pin in this. Let's get back to our match. Yes, but yeah, Naito wins a hard-fought battle. Uh, Twenty-seven minutes this one, so a little bit of the longer. Uh, New Japan match, but yeah, I thought that was also a fantastic wrestling match and even better was the final uh, a night or two after that when Naito wrestled Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. beats Tetsuya Naito pins him in the middle of the ring with the Zack driver. Yeah, this match was so good. See, this is a matchup that we haven't seen too much, but I'm afraid just because of what the New Japan main event scene is looking like, we're going to be seeing this match over and over and over mm. and over until the G1 ends. Yeah, man. It may, it's definitely possible. This is looking like your number two and three or your number three and four right now in New Japan, depending on three. how you rank Shingo. I think, I think this is fair two and three, uh, in my opinion. No, there's also Shingo and there's also Osprey, but Osprey seems like he's doing a lot uh, overseas and with other uh, promotions. Anyway, so yeah, this uh, another incredible match. The second best one we'll be talking about on the podcast tonight. Zack Sabre Jr. wins the New Japan Cup again. Go see this one if you haven't. And once again, just throwing this out there, who called Zack Sabre Jr. from the get-go? Yeah, you did, buddy. You were on that. I've been saying that he was going to win the G1, but you said he was going to win this thing, and you were correct. And yep. then Zack Sabre Jr. immediately gets his title shot against Okada. They have a brilliant match, but Okada wins, rendering this whole thing kind of useless. Yeah. <laughs> Just especially especially at how soon it happened. Like, the, the tournament ended, what, on the 27th or 29th of March, and I believe, like, April 5th or 6th was the show. It was just, like, barely a week later. It was just like, this thing's already done. I was really hoping, uh, and, like, this this match should have been happening at Dominion in June. 
get the proper buildup going, you know, give both men some more momentum. And this could match, in my opinion, could have meant more. And it wouldn't have made the entire 55,000 person tournament <laughs> seem rendered useless. Right. Like that's that's my one criticism about this entire thing. I think that's fair, man. Yeah, I, I I really liked the match, but I was disappointed at the ending because it was just like, well, I guess I didn't expect Zach to win the title, but it's just like now, what have you got? He just he just kind of stepped up and swung well, for the fences and struck out, and that's that. This is the thing, Matt. You know what we got now? We got Okada versus Naito yet again, and I'm not complaining that no. it's not. And like, look, I know that I, it sounds like I'm complaining, but here's the thing. You know, we are seeing the same three four matches at the top for new japan right now the criticism that i was going to bring up and i'm going to bring it up now is that who is the future of new japan like they, they keep going back to the well for naito for okada you know for 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 tanahashi there's a certain group of people that they just constantly go into the well for and these and, and fans you know they just take it in they love it blah 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 but these are also the same people who are praising this but they'll complain about seeing Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for a thousand times. Yeah. I, hey, man, I, I have no uh, no argument to that. That's a really good point. I think uh, it was disappointing. But, it was disappointing to me to see it. Yeah, but, like, what's the future? Like, like I'm, I'm honestly, I brought this up before, and I bring it up again. Who is the, who are the rising stars in New Japan? Jay White's been away for a while, um, and and even when you know he was doing all right, but then you go back into the well and you bring up Okada. You had Osprey in a very strong position last year, but what happens? You bring back Okada. You know I, I'm gonna start. I, I love Okada. I still consider him one of the most underrated performers and wrestlers in the world. I know that sounds crazy, but he doesn't get the respect he deserves. But at the same time, you know. I'm going to start calling him Okada Reigns again. Yeah, well, I mean, it's tough because they want to push him as the dominant champion. They want to say, like, we, you know what I mean? He's been he's been in the mid card for a year or two, but now he's back. So you, you, can't, you can't have it both ways, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think my, so my major concern is that I, 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 you know, New Japan is 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 taking a while to build that next crop of of stars. Yeah, and that's a problem with New Japan and has been for a very long time. I feel like that's even with how long they take to uh, pull the trigger on some of the young lines who I think are ready for uh, for the character change and the, and the fancy tights and et cetera. Um, yeah, man, it's 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 disappointing in these bursts when you get behind somebody like Zack Sabre Jr. when you think he's ready, when you know he's ready for more than he's given and he just can't get over that hump. And we're talking and seeing this from a North American perspective, which is why we've talked about this offline. I want to bring in someone, have a legit chat about this subject, because maybe New Japan does this because Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., even the Shingo, even the Shingo, they, are they draws for New Japan? And I know, I know the pandemic ruined things, but what is the mindset? What's actually happening in Japan? Who are the big draws that people are talking about who are the merch sellers that's what i really want to get more of a sense of because when we talk about this stuff we talk about it from a very north american point of view yes 
Yeah, very like semi-casual fan, you know. I guess we're not more than casual, but learning definitely a North American, dirty American perspective. And we so have that. Have some. We have that American mentality to wrestling, yeah. to building stars, to long-term storytelling, right? Like, like, like that's what we grew up on. That's kind of, in my mind, still the dominant factor of wrestling. Yeah, I, I agree, and that's kind of maybe why it looks a little weird to our eyes. So I, I like where your head's at, buddy. I would love to have somebody who you know knows more about the uh, the culture and the history of uh, Puro Resu. Exactly. All right, so that's New Japan. That's where New Japan's at, and you know, I guess the 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 program after last week's show is now Okada and Naito. Yeah. Kind of disappointing for the Zack Sabre Jr. fans that we are. Yep, exactly. Anything else you want to talk about in New Japan before we move on to Impact Wrestling? No, I uh, I I think we covered it pretty well. I am excited for for what's to come with New Japan. There's always just a, a ton of great wrestling. The G1 this summer, which is also... A little bit disappointing because I was liking that fall G1, but, I mean, who can complain about the G1, you know? Exactly. We're going to be covering the G1 just like we did last year. A lot of them, like, we're essentially going to be covering everything at some point. All right, so let's move on to Impact Wrestling. Like I mentioned at the start of the show, Impact Wrestling constantly hitting bunts at the very least. I was very disappointed with last week's show because they essentially aired the Multiverse of Madness, or sorry, the Multiverse of Matches, on free TV. So it's kind of like cool that they showed these matches, but it sucks for anyone who paid the money to watch it on pay-per-view. It's <laughs> actually a good point, but I mean, the, you know, I can see both sides of the argument. The hardcore fans are going to pay anyway. You might as well show the people what was important. Yep. And this, this, this conversation actually came up on the Facebook group earlier today. And I have to give all the credit to Blaine on this one. And he says for him personally, Impact is turning into what NXT was last year with the black and gold brand. Oof, last year, I'll accept that. I'll yeah, accept that. Not at its <laughs> not at its yeah. like hottest. But dude, like honestly, last night's show, Thursday, April 14th, had a fantastic episode of Impact. I, I reviewed it for for Slam Wrestling and I gave it four TNAs out of five. Oh, nice. It's a 80% Sonny Siaki percentage. Yeah, dude, it was such a good show. You have Josh Alexander and Moose. This story is fantastic. This blood feud, as I kept calling it on the review, on the report, is giving so much credibility to the Impact Championship. This feud, in my opinion, is one of the best feuds in North America right now. Sorely needed, sorely needed uh, prestige and credibility to that title. So that's that's good to hear, man. I'm glad it's getting a positive, glowing review from uh, from Boris Tino. Uh, it, it, Moose of all guys. Yeah, Moose. Like he's holding his own with the with the with the promos. He's holding his own in ring. And Josh Alexander is Josh Alexander. How can you not love Josh Alexander? Uh, you know, maybe one of the top five wrestlers in North America right now. He's fantastic. He's uh, he's very good. Yep. So that that feud is fantastic. You have Honor No More right now getting into a major feud with the Bullet Club. You know, Honor No More. And the story that they're essentially saying is that, you know, who's the best group ever? Bullet Club has their reasons. Honor No More. And I love how Honor No More constantly refers to, like, 
you guys made RH go bankrupt. You know, we're thriving in all these different promotions. So this isn't even a competition. It's actually hilarious. And you might as well play off the actual real fact that ROH did go out of business. So I like yep. it. Another very strong thing coming out of yesterday's TV show is Deanna Peraza um, and her, her champ champ challenge. Uh, this thing is really cool. She faced Willow Nightingale on last night's episode of Impact. Great match. Tons of fun. Deanna Peraza. And I'm really loving this because people have to remember that Tasha Steeles right now is the imp- the knockout champion. It's not Deanna Peraza. Yeah. So having this kind of as the B program in the knockouts division is really good. And it's putting a lot of eyes on ROH as well because she is, you know, part ROH champion as well. Just to slightly nitpick, as someone who is not watching the show, so tell me that I'm a fucking idiot, but kind of still feels like Deanna's the A program. You know what I mean? Kind of feels it like does. they treat it, it like that. Yes, 100%. Yeah. That that That's a very fair nitpick to, to pick your nits on. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it really here, is. Buddy. But, you know, at the same time, the belt is on Tasha Steeles, and she actually has a very good program right now with Rosemary. Nice. Love so, us some Rosemary as well. So what I'm trying to say is that it's very cool that the women's, the knockouts division is getting more than like, you know, one program at a time. Nice. And All right. both are good. Yeah. All right. The match of last night's episode. The, and, and one of the best matches I've seen all week outside of a couple dynamite matches was Jonathan Gresham versus Rocky Romero. Nice. There are a couple of interesting names going at it. That that would be a very good match. I'm going to check that one out for sure. Yep. That was a lot of fun. And then the main event was Jonah versus PCO. Haas v. Haas. Just all the meat slapping. <laughs> all the meat <laughs> <Yeah>. slapping. <laughs> I like that you did an audio demonstration of meat slapping. Yeah. We need... <laughs> Ah, thanks. You know, it's putting in the extra care for the listener. That's why people come back to Bam Bars. Good job by you, homie. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so tons of great stuff coming out of the episode. And honestly, Rebellion, April 23rd, is looking so good. I'm I'm actually, I'm most likely going to watch it live. We'll see what happens when, if what happens with real life. But I'm actually really looking forward to this. Next week, we're actually doing a preview for Rebellion. We're going to be bringing in someone to talk some impact and because you know the impact right now is honestly doing really well i'm having a lot of fun watching this what 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 world are we in what what universe is this i know right oh my god impact wrestling is the most reliable wrestling program out there arguably i would probably still say aw but man they have some ups and downs here aw nxt uk impact wrestling those are my go-tos right now crazy crazy the world that we live in and man we gotta watch some new japan strong that's something that that has not been on my radar enough i watch it when i can but it's just one of the things that i like it's on but i don't pay too much attention to yeah same same anyway yeah we're gonna give a full preview of the rebellion next week can't wait it actually does look like a pretty good show yeah, it is looking like a great show. All right, Matt, there we go. We did it. We talked some sports. We talked some sp- wrestling. You know, that's what we do here on BAM. So if you're listening on the SNME Network, today is Friday. That means that tomorrow you're getting a slew of shows, a slew of them. You're getting the Smack Daddies talking all things SmackDown. You're getting Matt 
and Mike McGuire chatting all things Rampage on the Rampage Ramble. And then... That actually might come out tonight. We're going to see. Yeah. Uh, we'll Please see. continue. We'll see. we'll see where Boris is around to post it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Very good point. Sorry, I didn't mean to spring that on you, homie. Yeah, yeah. Apologies. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. And then uh, we have the Saturday Fight Night AEW's Battle of the Belt special that's coming out on Saturday. Most show either Saturday night or Sunday morning, that's going to be myself and Joe Aguinaldo as we chat essentially, um, you know, what's what looking to be like a very, very good card. Jonathan Gresham, Dalton Castle, really looking forward to that. Oh, man. And then on Sunday, it is the flagship show with Mike McGuire. He's going to be chatting with Dave Meltzer about the week that was professional wrestling. And then we're going to have the round table chatting many subjects and we're going to bring it all to you. Matt, what a week of what a week what a what a what a month of wrestling we've had so far what a life brother it's been uh you know very very excited very enthused glad to be back in the city spring is coming life is good man happy easter to you and yours and thank you for listening please stick with snme radio we got some great stuff coming exactly also check out operation lariat yep exactly thank you matt for that he's matt I'm Boris. Until next time, stay tranquilo and adios. <laughs> ay, ay, ay.